Mind is the most important asset with which we create every other asset. High achievers are, uh, are determined by the society. So for someone who is high achieving, they themselves perceive them to be low That's achieving right. and hence push themselves to achieve higher. So the fear of failure drives them to success. Beautiful. Once you start doing the things that you like, you may be able to include things that you don't like. If you start doing what you like, you have more dopamine that's secreted as a pleasure chemical and you will be able to do things that you don't like that much because you still have the fuel to be able to accommodate things that we could distract you a little bit. People live a fake life. Every one of us has something unique to share. Be less harsh on yourself. In fact, if you open up, your friends may accept you. Just be a little soft on yourself, you know. Allow them the opportunity to accept you for who you are. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode is powered by Soma Vedic. Soma Vedic brings the positive elements of nature to your home. You no longer have to wait to go to nature to escape the ill effects of electrosmog and to recharge. Soma Vedic is equipped with precious stones that use their energy to enhance your sleep quality. It also helps to restructure water molecules which can reduce the amount of free radicals in your body. Book a free consultation for your home with our experts. Email to info at prc-tec.com. Visit somavedic.ae. Somavedic. Feel better. Live better. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Talk Wellness with Anjan. On today's show, I have a consultant psychiatrist, an emotional wellness coach, somebody who's a member of the Royal College of Psychiatrists in the UK. Uh, he's part of the American Psychiatric Association of the United States and he's also an MBA uh, from the University of Oxford. He was voted as the Doctor of the Year in 2018 by the readers of a magazine called Asian Voice in the United Kingdom. And he's very well known for his mental, emotional and behavioral health work, focusing on reducing the impact in common mental health problems on the functioning of individuals and groups. Today with us consultant psychiatrist and an emotional wellness coach Dr Balu Pichaya thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me Anjan did i get the pronunciation of the second name yes. right pichaya yeah pichaya is fine beautiful yeah. so uh, tell us about your journey first i mean psychiatry is not something that everybody wants to get into so how did it happen for you yeah indeed um, you know thinking about uh, this topic you know i was reflecting on on the whole experience for me uh, throughout my life and i thought maybe i was on the spectrum you know i have some neurodivergence you know as an expert i can relate to that now so as a boy uh, growing up my dad uh, was a space scientist and i grew up in india and i never thought that i'll become a doctor i wanted to be an engineer and i was uh, getting into an engineering school uh, and then you know growing up in an indian family you know getting a, a seat in a medical college is very prestigious and so when i had the opportunity to study medicine i said okay you know so go and see i didn't like it for 3 years i must say the first 3 years and after that uh, things became very interesting when i started seeing people and i thought and i got very curious about you know the stories of people and in fact i can remember many occasions when i'd be very curiously listening to my professors ask about the person and where they come from what they uh, had for breakfast lunch dinner 
more than my colleagues and friends trying to elicit a symptom and I look them you know this way that way Every, everybody became a potential client for you exactly and and then after that i was working in a pain specialty uh, in rheumatology and again very fascinating and i thought you know that's it enough of medicine you know maybe go to the us you know do something else you know get into management or technology and then i ended up in the uk because you know i wanted to be away from india to just explore the world a little bit going to the uk and we wanted to choose a specialty which allowed me to pursue other interests apart from just going into surgical units obsgyny or you know medicine and that, you know we had a very good friend and he runs an amazing company now in mumbai uh, you know looking after uh, well being of a lot of people online and so he said look why don't you just come along you know this nice job going here you know we'll just just chill out in the uk in the uk so i said okay six months of behavioral science and i was hooked on it because the stories were amazing and i never thought you know I, i'm a very methodical guy you know i, I thought and i'm never good with people you know what am i going to you know talk to these people about you know i just wanted to be with machines and computers and numbers and that, that's what i was strong with but every story was really interesting and uh, then that journey continued and i was inspired by a chap called uh, steve peters and he's a sports psychiatrist the, the way he described the workings of mind was amazing he was a mathematics teacher and i thought there could be a method to this madness then my journey continued i was working in the nhs as a junior doctor you know listening <coughs> to my senior colleagues oh, and obviously nhs is a huge system and it has That's its right. own issues mm-hmm. and um, i thought you know these guys are getting a bit disillusioned with all the pressures that are going under every time i was in a, a multidisciplinary meeting i would come up with a completely different explanation for the patient's problems mm. and and the nurses would go hang on where did you get this from wow and the consultant would say well we're not too sure about it because i i used to spend hours with them you know go home with them That's right. I, you know do all sorts of things i can share more about my journey till today but i was a junior doctor you know so there was a very interesting uh, supervisor i had and he said look you, you need to go and work with you know private equity or you know some venture capitalists looking at you know how how to invest into these kind of facilities and create more sustainable business for these people because nhs obviously needs a lot of fund you know even in a wealthy country like uk we have still you know ma- massive funding issues particularly with mental health So then I I quit the NHS uh, and went to work with the, the Priory group and they are all over the world now you know uh, so it's a big group and uh, we were converting a facility a residential facility into a step down low secure unit uh, teaching people who have spent a lot of time in the secure units to come back to a real life you know Amazing. so these guys you know would have committed a crime and they would have been diagnosed with mental disorder they would have gone into special hospitals secure hospitals and 30 years in a special hospitals you know wouldn't really allow them to come back into real life and uh, so you, you helped know, so them we acclimatize were, uh, exactly and you know i must say that i was so proud of what we did and i used to cook with them you know take them out on trips i would drive them around wow these guys were on the news for That's various right. reasons and when i left the job we had to apply to the home office to give them special permission to take them out for a dinner and you know that was amazing the respect they had and throughout this what i was really curious about was this uniqueness everyone brought to the table you know the stories were unique although we had a, as a doctor you know we have diagnostic criteria we match the symptoms to the diagnostic criteria you had certain blueprints exactly but every story was unique the brains were not relatively the same you know in <coughs> terms of neuroanatomy and neurochemistry you know we gave similar type of medication to all people but the story was unique it's like the stars in the sky you know you say okay there's a sky there are stars but every one of them is unique, is unique. there could be billions 
but everyone is in need. Now, at know? this point, I want to ask you why yeah. psychiatry, because you are the first psychiatrist I'm having on the show. We've had uh, transpersonal psychologists, we've got holistic psychologists and traditional psychologists, but you're the first psychiatrist. Seems like psychology is more kind of sought after than psychiatry. Why is that? Uh, well, in terms of uh, medical training, you know, you go through the regular medical training uh, for a long time. You know, you uh, read neurology and you do uh, read a little bit of psychology as well. But then you have a long period of training before you become a psychiatrist, number mm. one. And number two, uh, this is the sad reality of me and my colleagues in that we look after people who've been very unwell. And uh, luckily, you know, our psychology colleagues can look after people who are not that unwell. That's right. You know, because mm. uh, they, they can also work with people who are in the verge of becoming very unwell and then get them back into uh, working or you know, having a good family life. And mainly, uh, psychiatrists have a lot of stigma attached to their profession because... Uh, you know, when people uh, become brain, brain well doctor. enough, exactly, and be- they become so unwell, you know, they, they are suicidal, you know, they have psychotic symptoms, and, uh, you know, they, they pick up arguments. Meeting a psychiatrist would meet like a punishment, you know, That's I'm right. going to take you to a psychiatrist, and he's going to give you a pill or lock so you away. So there's a taboo around There's a taboo around Getting it. help. But there are many psychiatrists, if you're particularly looking at the U.S., a lot of people have come out of that and come out to think about many things in a different way and a lot of them you know, come up with psychology and so many holistic methodologies to deal with some of the issues. So now I think psychologists, psychiatrists, I don't see a huge difference, but it's interesting. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode is powered by Soma Vedic, designed to keep your body in a natural environment, boosting regeneration and self-healing. Book a free consultation. Email info at prc-tec.com and visit somavedic.ae. Talk Wellness with Anjan. So why have you chosen this topic, neurodivergence in mental wellness? So neurodivergence is a term that has been coined by a sociologist. You know, not many neuroscientists know about this terminology called uh, neurodiversity or neuroatypical. We have several diagnoses. So, for example, if you're going to a doctor, you would know terms like autism, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, that's commonly called ADHD. Uh, many people might know uh, dyslexia, dyspraxia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and uh, Tourette's and many other such uh, syndromes. So, we're very well uh, versed with such uh, names. But neurodiversity is a term something like biodiversity. You know, we're all in the group. So every one of us has something unique to share. The reason why I chose this today is we're all unique and to celebrate that uniqueness and for people to be accepted for who they are. It's very important in this pandemic-ridden world where our diversity is coming out and sometimes um, you know, one of the most important things I see these days is what we call as masking. People live a fake life. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, you having a little argument with somebody and saying you're, you're calling them fake. No, this is about people being aware that they're different compared to their peers and they want to fake to fit in. And that breaks my heart. You know, I was uh, working throughout the pandemic online and, uh, I, and I'll tell you why this is even more important. And I'm used to seeing people with serious mental health problems, you know, bless them. This is a serious problem. When you have somebody who doesn't have a history of mental health problem presenting with serious emotional issues, you know, it could be anxiety, depression, and they go to the doctors and uh, they don't want to take the pill. You know, they, they attend uh, therapy sessions, you know, go for relaxation, and something is not fitting well into their life. It's a serious issue because these guys have never been exposed to this. And I thought, I need to look deeper into this 
Uh, and we can talk more about you know some of the unique characteristics of these people but uh, this is now become my my passion so are you saying more. it's a separate category neurodivergence so what it is is different it's unique when you think about mental disorder you have a normal self and there is a deviation from that normal self so you're diseased so you would say doctor i never used to be like this something has happened to me you were running perfectly you had a fall you broke your limb the same way you had a perfectly working mind no problem neurodivergence is something else but i asked the question you know when were you last well my friend there's a long pause and i pause the answer is in the pause this is different this is unique and that's very important if if you or you come across someone who says well i'm i'm a bit stressed out they feel a bit out of the weather you're mad or whatever just ask yourself for them when was i last well have i always been like this what is unique about me This is very powerful because that impacts on your relationship, your ability to make decisions, uh, navigating uncertainty, particularly these times. And sometimes people can get dependent on substances. You know, all sorts of things can happen. At this moment, I want to understand in the Western idea of wellness, it's usually called disorders. Yeah. Whereas in the Eastern idea, it's usually called just a syndrome, perhaps. And even something like multiple personality is just a multiple personality syndrome, whereas the Western medicine calls it disorder. And I know that the focus in general of Western medicine is treating illnesses, whereas holistic practices, wisdom traditions, the focus is on bringing about wellness. What are your thoughts on this? So the focus is on treatment in the Western way of uh, medicine. So, f- for instance, you have an acute condition, you have a heart attack. I know, attack, that's what I meant. Focus on the treatment, treatment of the illness. Yeah. So, it's treatment. In the Eastern uh, philosophy, it's about enabling the body to allow it to heal. For so wellness. So, you're creating. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, West, I mean, I don't mean geographically. Yeah. I mean, ideologically, ideologically focuses on illness, whereas yeah. the East focuses on wellness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In this uh, area, in mental wellness, it's not about just an absence of illness. So, I mentioned to you, uh if you are completely moving away from your usual self so for example you know you're a chirpy happy go lucky person you know you just go about your business you're the heart and the soul of the party and somehow something happened to you and you're not coming out you're not re- returning phone calls and when people ask you to come out you know you're not interested you're not going out you're not eating you're not sleeping you know, your relationship is suffering so you're saying the psychiatric evaluation of this is yeah. that you're neurodivergent no in this situation if you had a i don't know if you can use the word normal or you know if you had a neurotypical self and suddenly you develop something else say for example the easiest way to uh, describe these things to you say for example you know as i say you have a flu and you feel you know what i don't like my favorite food you know i don't like this tv program i just want to just take it easy and sleep imagine you had that for 2 weeks continuously without any fever or cough so that Depression. won't be neurotypical that, that would be neurodivergent no no this would be neurotypical okay. you're, you're getting a disease because is it like depression no, even if it's for 2 weeks it's 2 weeks yeah 2 weeks and plus is sure. depression depression but neurodivergence is look i've always been different i look at this differently my friend looks at it differently why is different now let's take me? the example of the flu yeah what is the neurodivergence so in the flu you have a well self you, know, you you didn't have the flu and you suddenly developed the flu in the same way you can develop a disorder of the mind at that point it's not divergent but for example you've always been having some cough and cold and here and there and you're, you're unique you're different so for example if you look at uh, people with uh, attention deficit disorder or autism they always are a bit shy you know they have social anxiety and they have great difficulty with what we call as uh, executive functioning you know in planning they're always late 
no matter how much they pre- prepare uh, and they, they're fidgety they, they cannot stop themselves by saying something they're impulsive uh, they cannot plan organize they can't focus or they hyper focus so this is what you would call neurodivergent neurodivergent be- exactly okay so how does somebody make sure that as a human because this show is about wellness yeah. uh, that you don't get yourself into a neurodivergent space so in many theories you know we we know that uh, neurodivergence is the way you've, your brain has developed and you you're moving in a certain direction so what what is very important here is how do you still maintain a high level of mental wellness in spite of being neurodivergent or unique so you're saying you can't change that you can't change it but what happens you is you can work with it work with it people get into what we call as masking neurodivergent people get into what we call as masking and as high as 40% of people in high performing environments workspaces have neurodivergent let's go deeper so, into this masking yeah. what exactly is this masking okay. you want to fit in you're going to a party and you know that you'll be picked on because you're slow you're fidgety you may drop something you may hit somebody inappropriately you look funny uh you know you can say something without realizing and now you're becoming more aware of it so the need to fit in is what you call masking so what you do is you mask all of those symptoms so you you may feel the urge to say something but you're not saying it you may feel that you you need to um woo be somebody more, yes. yeah but then you're awkward and somebody's bullying you somebody's picking on you um you know you can be impulsive and you can drop things i'm sure if you think about people that you know how many times have we really embraced their differences and say hey buddy it's not a problem come along and you'll be fine they'll be like no i need to be careful i have to be like this i have to be like that they're very self absorbed and they say hey it's okay so that kind of feeling so that really leads them to have stress so there is a stress related to masking unfortunately they're trying to fit in and uh, that produces stress that produces anxiety and that produces depression so for example i see a number of people with um, anxiety and depression and i ask them when was the last time they were well and they say well we we don't remember ever being well so why we always try to do this my parents wanted me to do this my employees wanted me to do this my partner wanted me to do this my children wanted me okay what did you want and that's when the penny drops it's amazing because all the holistic practitioners we have had whether they're coaches or meditation teachers or yoga teachers they're saying the same thing that as a psychiatrist and a doctor you're saying which is find out what is your true desire exactly and having the confidence to be accepted for who you are is what i would urge everyone to do and uh, unfortunately this is a sad reality in every geography you know i come from london and it's somewhat the same there as well we are expected to follow a certain norm uh, in a social norms and it's very difficult to accommodate that and it happens imagine if you're running a company and 40% of your staff are neurodivergent which means you have to be really careful about how you assess them identify their strengths talk wellness with anjan this episode is powered by soma vedic designed to keep your body in a natural environment boosting regeneration and self healing book a free consultation email info at prc-tec.com and visit somavedic.ae talk wellness with anjan i'd like to get into the signs behind neurodivergence is is a big topic um i'll try and summarize uh, as as shortly as possible for the benefit of all of us the commonly identified uh, diagnosis if you think about neurodivergence are autism and uh, adhd 
So if you think about autism, it's a neurodevelopmental disorder. What that means is you would have had it as a child as your brain develops. If you had a scan, what we call as a structural scan, you know, CT or MRI, you may not find many neuroanatomical problems. What that means is, you know, structurally the brain looks fine. But the problem is with the connections between different parts of the brain. We all may have the same shape in terms of the, the brain uh, anatomy, but the, you know, like how we exercise particular parts of the body, certain neural networks are strengthened by certain actions um, and uh, we have what we call as connections between the nerve cells called synapses. So this is what we call as neurotransmitters, the chemicals that That's pass right. information from one neuron to another. So think about it like the wiring in your in a house and how electricity passes through them. So when there is a problem with this, you have uh, issues around, say, uh, social interaction, problems in communication, impulse control, difficulty in uh, emotional regulation. So you might you know, see someone just blowing the lid off and you would think, why on earth did they do that? People becoming impulsive. And the good news is many of these guys are extremely creative and and they actually are out to change the world. You know, many of the Silicon Valley entrepreneurs have a neuroatypical brain. You know, you, we have famously people like Elon Musk talk about Asperger's. And, so this is very common. So other way. synaptic networks are working on overdrive. Absolutely. And also they're very entrepreneurial. They can look at opportunities and go for it. And if they're backed by a very good team, a CEO and a management team, they can deliver on the entrepreneurial venture. So, so that's very important to recognize. So this is why I got very passionate about this concept of neurodivergence as opposed to it being a mental disorder. What is very important to recognize is when this is not recognized and they are in a neurotypical environment. What I mean by that is the environment that places certain expectations. So I always tell people that it's trying to run a train on the road. You could have a beautiful road but the train needs track. Or asking the bird to swim and the fish to fly. Absolutely. So it's about identifying that. So what happens in, in real I, life? I love that. And this itself is a myth that you're bursting, that yeah. just because you've been diagnosed with ADHD or autism or anything else on the spectrum doesn't make you lesser. No. In fact, technically speaking, I always tell the uh, patients I see and the parents that, in fact, there's something more here you can achieve. All you need to do is have that little bit of support and you can excel because you've got something very powerful. So it's a bit like having a sharp knife in your toolkit. You can use it for chopping your finger or chopping something useful, you know? What would you say is a percentage of humanity that has some of these neurodivergent kind of characteristics? Uh, so if you look at the UK population, uh, it's one in seven, they say. So, okay. you know, so one in six, one in seven. So I would put in around 15%. But what is interesting is, you know, th this would be very interesting for all of us here because if you are a high achiever, it's very likely that 30 or 40% of the group of high achieving people have it. So when I lecture uh, to my students and I tell them that I work with high, high performers, high achievers, and they say, shouldn't you be working with low performers as a doctor? You know, why are you helping people who are high achievers? I say, high achievers are, uh, are determined by the society. So for someone who is high achieving, they themselves perceive them to be low That's achieving right. and hence push themselves to achieve higher. So the fear of failure drives them to success. Beautiful. 
So you know this is very important and cost and, of success is immense and for the rest 85% or 80% of humanity who is exhibiting neurotypical behavior, behavior i'm learning new science terms yeah. every day <laughs> how do you advise them to be more understanding and empathetic so this is the difficulty because you know we kind of have a system where we all go as a group you know towards a certain thing and we say people who don't follow that group norms mm. are outside of it and sometimes in fact you know some of these people are quite annoying because they're too good so how do you get a plague you know play group of people to accept somebody who's too good or too disruptive but i know i know most organizations today have a lot of inclusivity clauses and they make it uh, such that even if you have some kind of syndromes there is inclusivity in the organization so there has been a radical shift in the understanding of these mental conditions i don't want to call them disorders mental conditions over the last uh, two decades i feel but how does the average person who has no kind of you know input from any medical professional like yourself or has never heard of these kind of terms or ever been exposed how does he handle being empathetic and understanding towards these behaviors so mainly it's awareness it's awareness that everyone is unique there could be people different to you around you and mainly what i always emphasize is try to look at the strengths and negotiate with them on that basis the way i describe it is you know think about it like a network network computers the internet is more powerful than an individual computer so if you're a team and you have somebody next to you who has a particular skill that you don't have make use of that and help them with the skill that you have and you know that kind of evens it out so many times you know we we kind of want to feel superior or inferior because we have our own um, insecurities and agendas exactly exactly so it, it is a difficult one but what i i find uh, very useful is when you educate people most people are reasonable in so awareness is the key what you're saying key, you know okay let's bust some more myths one of the commonest things i get asked is you know are people with adhd lazy they're not lazy they in fact work harder than the rest of the population uh, because they want to not only excel but also mask uh, to others that uh, they have this condition so you know they are not lazy people talk about adhd being um, very hyperactive you know very challenging behavior bouncing off the walls they, they they say or completely inattentive but actually most people with adhd may not be like that you know there's an inattentive type of adhd so it doesn't have to be a hyperactive child jumping around it could be a quiet child who's not able to focus and so this is a disorder of what we call as an executive function and one of the commonest thing uh, people say is oh you grow out of it you know don't be silly mm. that's another myth then big big myth and sadly you know, 80% of children who have uh, adhd or neurodivergence have it as adolescents and up to 60% can have it as, as an adult so they put up with it they suffer in silence they mask it at a heavy cost so if somebody doesn't exhibit it doesn't mean that they don't have it it's just about being understanding and right. it's not about you need to do something radical for them and uh, you know many times now when i um, actually talk people through the diagnosis i see them cry they mm. cry their eyes out they the, say, the patients they, or the patients the, the family patients and the families you know they say i, I say you know why why now this at least doctor this explains this why explains. i have been and for me that is treatment and you know now unfortunately on the other side of the coin there are these self diagnosing parents and because of the you know advent of social media and the internet and everybody feels they can know as much as a psychiatrist like you who has trained so many years knows and they just self diagnose oh my son has adhd and oh my my daughter has you know some syndrome right so and i feel this is more harmful than helpful the self diagnosis and 
you're not just uh, using Google as your doctor. So what I say is, you know, Google is very good for information. So we all have to have access to information. But converting information to actionable insights or useful knowledge is where you need an expert. So, right. for example, you read the pathology books and you think you have every syndrome or disease in the book. And you know you have a throat ache. You think it's the throat cancer. You have a tummy problem. You think it's liver cancer. Well, nowadays you know, if you get throat ache, they think it's the virus. It's virus. That's another thing. Yeah, it happens. But information is easily available. So don't self-diagnose. One and two. Even though check, because there are lots of experts around. You know, check, go through a evaluation. Uh, but you know, go through with it. And there is a lot of help out there. And uh, the stigma can only be eradicated when there's more awareness and also if we prevent some of the complications. Let's talk about the stigma a bit. So how big is this stigma? Huge. Why? Because we see uh, people when they have complications of mental health problems. I tell people that mind is the most important asset with which we create every other asset. You forget the 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 cars. Well, well, what you is want. the psychiatric understanding of the mind? Is it consciousness? Is it brain? So it's, it's a combination of things, and obviously, brain has a major part to play in it. You know, there, there's hormones. You know, consciousness again. Now there's a big movement towards yes. it. Yes, and 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 there's a functioning. So, so from a from a neuroscientist and doctor's point of view, it's a functioning of the brain. You know, it's a piece of. So mind is functioning of the brain. Kind of very okay. loosely. You know, obviously we can go on and on about this. So no, it's purely uh, materialistic, like almost Newtonian kind of yeah. uh, idea. Yeah, and not yeah. metaphysical. Exactly. So you know, if you can feel an emotion, if you can have a thought, you know, if you can make a decision, and that makes your life and the lives of others good. You know, you're a good human being. You just carry on with with your life. You know, you create positive impact. And say, I say, if you have an equipment and you're using it well, wouldn't you have a maintenance plan on it? That's right. So if you have a mind, which I said is the most important asset, and you're using it. If you are using it, please have a maintenance plan. It could be just self maintenance plan, or with your friend, or with your coach, or therapist, or a psychiatrist. You know, it doesn't have to be that you can plug. A, you know, you have to go into the psychiatrist's office every time. So it's like, and you know, I want to think about the Tesla type uh, example of how mind can be constantly monitored. This is probably where the mindfulness comes in. You know, where you're with the mind. You know, so this is very important. And uh, one of the other things uh, that I might also want to add in this is people with uh, severe autism or ADHD may have great difficulty in being with themselves because they have this internal restlessness which becomes amplified when you ask them to be with themselves. So there there could be some modification of techniques uh, you know in, in, with, when you work with uh, such conditions and it's about acknowledging that. And very interestingly, coffee, Red Bull, stimulants quite in the mind. So I always ask them these questions. You know, young people have taken some substances or you even know, even sugar, perhaps sugar exactly. So when I hear, I'm drinking a lot of coffee. Ah, interesting. Tell me more. And it's very very interesting that uh, there are enough materials out there in terms of self help. There's excellent coaches and beautiful treatment options available. If there's one condition that could be kind of prevented in some ways in terms of you know causing complications and one condition that could have a very good treatment outcome it could be this when diagnosed early and treated properly so don't hesitate to ask for help absolutely reach absolutely out. reach out 
and that's why we have a forum like this like talk wellness absolutely. you can message us you can leave a comment you can really reach out to us we're here for you right absolutely and another thing i wanted to add if i may and john in your show is i always tell people that it's good to read about these things in uh, in textbooks and in medical journals but also look at ted talks and youtube because you hear from fellow individuals who have been suffering with this and the crowd knowledge is very powerful these that's days right. and i learn from the crowd all the time so thank you for an amazing show like this and in a spreading awareness because i'm looking forward to more knowledge coming away through this program talk wellness with anjan this episode is powered by soma vedic designed to keep your body in a natural environment boosting regeneration and self healing book a free consultation email info at prc-tec.com and visit somavedic.ae talk wellness with anjan so there are many myths uh, one of the most important thing is uh, treatment can be addictive in fact so that's uh, a myth that's treatment a big myth. Can, can be, be addictive. addictive the busting here is without treatment there's a higher chance of addiction and uh, after so many trials of uh, medications you know we have not found any higher risk of addiction with this uh, the other uh, thing is about uh, hyper focus um so people would say they're just making it up because they can uh, i guess focus on their favorite video games or mm. whatever they're interested in so the myth is if somebody's saying they're making it up because yeah. they want to hyper focus yeah. that's the myth that's a myth they say somebody can focus so well on the video games and you know how can they have adhd and what we say is if they are interested in something they get the dopamine rush from that and they can be very deeply focused into that they will have great difficulty in focusing on things that they're not they don't like in. so basically every human should do what they like exactly and find a variety of things you like and absolutely and also once you start doing the things that you like you may be able to include things that you don't like why i'll tell you another again you know, th- this is what happens within science so if you start doing what you like you have more dopamine that's secreted there's a pleasure chemical and you will be able to do things that you don't like that much because you still have the fuel to be able to accommodate things that we could distract you a little bit you know so that's that's another uh, useful thing to understand and we don't see any huge difference between uh, males and females uh, suffering from it you know it may be that males exhibit more disruptive symptoms so what is the myth up. there so the myth is that females don't get it women don't uh, women get, get it yeah women don't get it mm. or women uh, are okay, neurotic and they have anxiety and depression and what my experience is if you have resistant anxiety depression women are more emotional than than men but if you have resistant depression and you've been taking a lot of antidepressants or many other treatments uh, think about this condition because it could be that you have a neurodivergent brain and when you accommodate for that you know it it works well and the other i wouldn't say this is a myth but this is a truth a truth bomb if you would call it females have more stress masking so you can understand it you know they they have the condition but they're very good in masking they they put a lot of energy into masking which means others may not see the symptom but they're suffering in silence but it's not a good thing or a bad thing is it because this ability to masking also helps them get through their monthly pains they they do they do indeed biologically and, they're built uh, to endure pain more uh, than the male abs- of our species absolutely, can absolutely absolutely but then what i uh, also feel is when the society is more inclusive and when they can be supported the energy that goes into masking can be used more productively mm. there, there is enough studies to show these things uh, these days let's talk about speaking about masking let's talk about neurodivergence in the workplace mm-hmm. people with uh, neurodiversity do very well in certain uh, aspects you know they're very passionate uh, um they can uh, 
be very creative and some of them are very good with numbers you know excellent computer skills and you know when you do tests on them you know, psychometric tests they do really well in certain aspects which qualify them to go into high paying jobs but the difficulty comes when they are in managerial positions when they have to manage the emotions of other people or bigger teams or interact with people interact with people so exactly so then either a masking stress comes in or they would be stressed about things that other people may not be stressed about so when you think about this workplace scenario i would like to use this opportunity to give a piece of advice to say hr managers or people in hiring positions i would say instead of looking for people with a lot of experience a number of years experience look at people who have a greater ability to learn because in this new environment if they can be adaptable if they can learn faster go for them allow them to have rests you know rest doesn't mean that just shut off everything but also actively rest so that you relax rejuvenate and recharge you know that's very important and also allow people to have what we call as motivational interviewing techniques you know where you don't tell them what to do or you don't ask them uh, what you should do but explore with them that kind of That's encourages right. more conversations and value disagreements and and write journaling is very important you know be gra- grateful and all of these things are very small things you could do to your person who is sitting next to you or the person you meet every day they feel good or not you will bound to feel very good about it so besides getting rid of stress these are also simple tips for emotional self regulation absolutely absolutely and this applies to people with uh, neurodivergent uh, brains and you know bring more awareness to yourself and uh, celebrate the differences now i ask all my guests this name some daily routines that you do every single day without fail Uh so many things uh, but the most common thing is first when i wake up you know i'm thankful for everything that happened the previous day so gratitude practice gratitude practice is very important for me and uh, i drink a lot of water you know as i as i wake up you know go for a short walk you know the physical exercise is also important but i don't do heavy physical exercise but keep this as a routine and i'm always inspired by small things and random acts of Beautiful. kindness and i'm very grateful that i exist and uh, you know very humble that you know our time on this earth is very finite i call this best and worst what's the worst advice you've ever received uh for me uh, personally <laughs> worst you know so there are many bad advices Choose the you worst. know worst 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 oh dear you know putting me on a spot here um i don't know eating healthy <laughs> as in they said eat healthy uh, eat healthy yeah and that's because um because you know what you term as healthy that's in a different topic but what you term as healthy might be different for different relative. people relative relative yeah so i would say yeah because i i'm a big foodie you know that's a different conversation but okay. so I, then I what's the me. best advice you've received uh, again you know, th- this is where i i took my gratitude uh, journal you know going through this journey myself and i've hit upon lots of areas where you know, i think hang on is it really worth it you know and i've lost a lot of people to the virus and you know people have committed suicide and all of that every day you know being grateful for what has happened and consciously being grateful and that's the that. best advice that's you got that's the best advice and be that grateful. has worked really well be grateful be grateful beautiful yeah. i call this pursuit of relaxation and i ask all my guests what are your thoughts on happiness happiness is i don't know it's unique right you know so um, i say it's like uh, everyone has their own uh, that's why i ask you what are your thoughts uh, on happiness and my thought of happiness is to uh, maybe because you know i'm too much involved in what i do and uh, when people have this aha moment and say like know, a breakthrough doc, breakthrough and they say you know doc i found this i don't know where they found it from and i'm curious and i'm really happy wow you found it 
I'm so happy for you. Amazing. And I, and I, I feel happy too. It's not that I help them find it. You just held the space. Held the space and they found it. I call the shipwreck if you were to be shipwrecked on a deserted island. Food, clothing, shelter, everything taken care of. What are the two items you'd want to carry with you? But these days you cannot live without a phone and I don't know if you're allowed to okay. carry a phone uh, and it's and, your and island a, you can carry whatever you yeah, want yeah yeah and 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 a journal to write okay great yeah. i call this where anjan's footwear if you could step into my footwear mm-hmm. what is the one question you would have asked yourself that i didn't ask you um you've asked a lot of questions to me so i need to think through that i'm <laughs> glad i asked yeah. you everything yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think you you have you have indeed yeah before i let you go uh, i want to ask you is there any motto or kind of a quote that you have maybe a kind of statement that you've written down somewhere that you share with people i don't i don't particularly have any there are many i don't want to pull out something you know, that's close to you close to close to me. i would share something that others think it's close to me and that's was is funny and, and it goes with me always i always say if you can't convince them uh confuse them mm. and is that what you end up doing as a psychiatrist <laughs> so in in many ways that confusion leads to clarity so i'm not in the business of convincing anybody because I feel that people are seeking clarity in whatever they're doing, right? So I'm not going to impose my ideas on them, but allow them to muddy the water a little bit so that they fish out the best and they feel proud that they have sought clarity within that confusion. Because so basically them, giving them alternative perspectives. Absolutely, because most of them come to you for advice and think, "Doc, tell me what to do." But that's not that's not fun, mm. right? They know it. They're intelligent and All you guys are very intelligent, right? You know what to do. You're not coming to a, a medic to to know what to do. You can pull out your phone from Maybe Google. Maybe they just want to be reminded. One and two. You know, they go through a lot of clutter. They want to think through the clutter with somebody who can guide them into seeking that clarity with them. Uh, that's what I do. And so for me, although my friends jokingly say, you know, he likes this, you know, he's like, you know, if you can't convince someone, confuse them, I say no, there is one more step to it. seeking clarity after confusion beautiful and anyway as i think i'm i'm not sure who it is i think it was jamie wheel he said i'm not who i think i am i'm not who you think i am i am who i think you think yeah, i am which exactly. means my perspective of your perception of me is what makes me and i like exactly. the way you said my friends and clients think <laughs> this exactly. is my favorite quote exactly and and again you know this fits in very nicely with the neurodivergence that we've been talking about because you know neurodivergent people think that the neurotypical ones want them to behave in a certain way. Mm. So in some ways as a parting comment I must say that you know be less harsh on yourself. In fact, if you open up your friends may accept you. Just be a little harsh, a li- li- little soft on yourself, you know. Allow them the opportunity to accept you for who you are. Dr. Balupachaya, it was amazing having you on this edition Thank of Talk you. Wellness. Super. Thank you and John, this was amazing talking to you. All the best. Wellness is more than just physical health. Physical. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk wellness with Anjan. This episode is powered by Soma Vedic. Soma Vedic brings the positive elements of nature to your home. You no longer have to wait to go to nature to escape the ill effects of electro smog and to recharge. Soma Vedic is equipped with precious stones that use their energy to enhance your sleep quality. It also helps to restructure water molecules which can reduce the amount of free radicals in your body. book a free consultation for your home with our experts email to info@prc-tc.com visit somavedic.ae somavedic 
Feel better, live better. Talk Wellness with Anja. I want to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode and I'd like to remind you that the perspectives that we shared on this show are of my guest and myself only and you should evaluate if it works for you before making it yours always consult your own doctor therapist and healer before you make any drastic life changes and we would love it if you could share this podcast link with your friends your family your circles and talk about it that's why we call this series talk wellness we need your support to get the conversation around well-being to be a more prominent one. I would love to connect with you across social media. Look for Meditate with Anjan on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And also, please leave a review. This will help us grow. Our next episode is episode 24 and it features self-love coach and businesswoman Meher Mirchandani and she's going to be talking about how millionaires can't buy wellness or even happiness. Thank you once again for your listening and for your love. Stay relaxed. Namaste. Talk wellness with Anjan.